Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Dead Parent Club podcast, a podcast designed to open up the conversations surrounding grief and to ensure young grievers feel less alone. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with young adults from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. The good, the bad and the banter. Welcome to episode number 43 of the Dead Parent Club podcast with Nick Cowling, all the way from Australia. This episode is called, I actually googled, are you an orphan if you're an adult? (laughs) Um, Nick contacted the DPC a while ago on Facebook after searching for some kind of group or information online related to losing both parents as young adults. So obviously Nick is a platinum member. We recorded this episode just before Christmas and I've just obviously just managed to get around to get it out to you guys, but I really hope you enjoy it. Also, hope you all had an adequate shirt miss, and it at least involves some delicious food, some tasty drinks, and hopefully some quality time with your friends and family as well, as I know this season can be difficult. But here's to 2020. I hope you all have something positive planned for the new year, some holidays, some trips away, some plans at home, a staycation, or you're going to spend the year kind of looking after yourself and putting yourself first. I hope you all have an amazing 2020, fingers crossed. And thank you so much for listening. First of all, like, thank you so, so much for coming on to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it, especially at such a kind of unbody hour. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Happy to happy to do it, yeah. Um, I remember you saying when you first contacted us that you literally just Googled, like, what was it, like, dead parent podcast yeah it was something really inelegant i'm just like i need to feel like i don't know i'm not going crazy with some of the stuff that i'm feeling and yeah no there were surprisingly a lot of people who had lost their parents which kind of blew my mind but then i'm an only child so i didn't really have anybody to fall back on when it happened with mum and dad so yeah, it, that's one of the things that kind of surprised me the most as well when we started doing that. This was that there are actually so many people that lose parents at a young age. Yeah, and have lost both of their parents at a young age as well, which um to me before was like incomprehensible. Um, but yeah, you like you find mm. out so much. So 
it's been really kind of enlightening and kind of humbling as well. Mm. Yeah, it really is. I feel like um, the stories, haha, the stories must be told to, um, yeah. I don't know, we can all get something new from it. We can all learn something from each other because to some degree we've all coped with what's happened very differently. So there might be a new sort of aspect to what I've been through, for instance, that could help someone else out, not trying to say I'm so vain or something, more along the lines of what someone else has been through can help me out when I'm No, literally, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, that's so true. Like, we get so many messages from people like, oh, I really resonated so much with that episode and stuff, so... Yeah, 100% it'll definitely be helping some people out there. And one of my the best things that I'm really happy about is that you're a guy because we hardly ever get guys onto the podcast. So as soon as like a guy messages us, I'm like, yes, <laughs> lock them down. Yeah, I'm almost going against type here, you know, like I'm not wrestling crocodiles or kicking snakes or anything. The typical stuff you'd expect from, you know, an Australian man. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's not for me. Um, no, it's always raised to be you know, somewhat in touch with my feelings, not saying guys aren't, but because I was raised by mum, she, um, I don't know, she always put a importance on that. Like she filled the role of both parents and, yeah, that's the side that stuck. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, before we kind of start properly, is there any questions that you want to ask me or anything she can kind of like, uh, no, not really. Um, I did just want to give you guys a um, a bit of praise because I really enjoy – I haven't listened to a lot of the podcasts, but the podcast I've listened to, it has kept me engaged. I like how uh, somewhat loose it is. I like how easy it is to listen to. It's not a straight-up almost – dare I say, a pity party. It's like we acknowledge this has yeah. happened and, you know, we're kind of getting on with it. Well, thank you so much. That's exactly what we set out to achieve. So that's brilliant. Yeah. It's good to feel like you can laugh about it because a lot of the time you just, um, I suppose you wonder to what level you're supposed to be in grief. Like, am I supposed to feel sad or can I be happy today? Yeah, that's one of the worst things, I think, is being like, Am I allowed to be happy now? Like, has it been enough time for me to be happy? Can I joke about it now? Is it acceptable? Yeah, there's everyone be different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, if you don't mind, just for kind of introductory purposes, just kind of introducing yourself, so your name and where you're from, and then obviously you're affiliated with the Dead Point Club podcast, and I'm aware that you are a platinum mm. member. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, I didn't laugh when that was brought up. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i have been telling my other friends about this that it was coming up and i'm like yeah i'm one of the, you know the more important members and they're just looking at me like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> you know the parents who haven't lost no, the, my friends who haven't lost parents yeah it's just like you, you don't get it you don't yeah. get it <laughs> the all elusive platinum members yeah yeah all right cool sorry yeah you can um Go on. Oh, so, yeah, basically, yeah, just, you know, introducing yourself and then, yeah, an introduction to your story, basically, and how you ended up here today. Okay. Um, my name is Nick. I am 31, 32 next week. Yay. Um, I live in <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, and I have 
the dubious distinction of having lost both my parents before the age of 28. Yeah, not fun no. at all. Um, what kind of ha- what happened to your parents? Things I know you, you mentioned before that your mum brought you. Uh, yeah, yeah, my mum was to some degree uh, struggling with a lot of health problems. She got measles encephalitis when she was five, and that almost killed her because they didn't have, actually have a cure for it when she had it. So all they had to do was sort of watch and wait. And that progressed on into scar tissueing on the brain, which in turn became epilepsy. So... Uh, that was pretty full on watching that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. It's a lot to go through. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I feel like that coloured a lot of her worldview because she had this strength and resilience despite the fact that she had this horrifying condition. She just got on with it. She didn't really view it as a disability. But, yeah, anyway, so she met Dad and... Um, then I came along despite the doctors imploring with her to abort when she was pregnant with me because of the medication she was taking or the risk of there being a seizure with me in the womb. But she was stubborn and I came out and I was pretty much Christmas miracle being a December 23rd birth. So, yeah, nah. A miracle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I buy into that, but no, my mum was pretty happy. It also meant I could get away with um, not if yeah. I forgot Christmas presents. She was usually pretty lenient, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Did your dad pass away when you were young? No, actually, this is um, the most stressful thing of it. Dad passed away on August tenth, twenty thirteen. Mum. Mum passed away on August 15th, 2015. Wow, yeah. so very close. To I was uh, 25 and 27 and you on both days. Yeah, mid-20s. God, August must be literally It was it to begin with. You. It really was. Like, I used to dread it. I wasn't sure how to react. But now, I don't know, I kind of have a lot more going on in my life, um, professionally and privately, that... Mm. I acknowledge it, but it doesn't – it's not the millstone or whatever around my neck. I just – I acknowledge it. I don't unnecessarily yeah, grieve. I allow myself time if I need it. My my fiancé is really supportive and my family is really supportive, so they just – they're there if they need me or otherwise they don't even acknowledge it, which I think is really amazing. Yeah, like you kind of – Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it. going back to what I was talking about um, regarding – what level are you supposed to grieve and are you kind of just grieving for the benefit of others? I'm not saying I don't grieve. I don't want to sound yeah. callous or anything. I'm like just saying, like, everyone expects you to be emotional. Yeah, I completely get that. And, like, at one point you're grieving because it's kind of you're in a habit of grieving yeah. at that point in time. Yeah, and you just sort of run around in cycles and it just doesn't really lend itself to healing or getting over it if you keep almost forcing yourself to be sad about it. You know, you want to remember the good times, the happy times. You don't remember, yeah. you know, palliative care or, you know, your parents finding out that they're about to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, massively. So did your parents pass away of 
um, cancer then or just like long term? Yeah, they both were quite heavy smokers. So yeah, mum cancer got them both, which was a bit of a shock because mum had quit and dad will, dad will, uh, he was living a lifestyle that we knew wouldn't lead into, you know, a long timeline, unfortunately. Yeah. So it was a shock, but not entirely unexpected when we found out about dad. Yeah. But when um mum passed, that was a big that was yeah. really was she for a long yeah time? that really took you back. Well, she um she had been as a result of the epilepsy. She actually had brain surgery in nineteen ninety seven, which removed the scar tissue and um stopped the seizures which was incredible it just changed her life you know she was able to live her life for the first time wow that's amazing yeah yeah so we had you know quite i'd say was that? nearly two decades where we're just living life you know we moved out of my grandparents place when i was quite a little kid and mm-hmm. got a got a unit and you know we kind of lived without any kind of fear which was good yeah it was good to have that. It was good that she was able to have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, she still struggled with it. She still had the repercussions from all the, you know, health issues she'd had previously. But I'd say she was physically strong. Meanwhile, um, my dad was quite a heavy drinker and um, he smoked a fair bit of pot. So that was really just wrecking his insides. And you could hear it when you – um. When you, you know, you spoke to him while you went around his place, just that hacking cough he used to get in the mornings and that sort of thing. What was life like for you then, like, after your mum passed away? But I know how, like, how difficult it can be kind of having that relationship with that one parent that, you, that you've got left and you're quite protective over them as well. Yeah, I've always sort of been protective over my mum, you know, the single parent, single child sort of dynamic that goes along with it. Yeah. Um. With, I mean, when Dad died, I didn't really know how to react to it. I just sort of went along with it. And then when we found out about Mum, it just kind of felt like some kind of a cruel joke and I sort of I sort of collapsed into myself for a bit. I, I was working night shift at the time, three nights a week, so it was extremely tough to get to and from the hospital and then it felt like I was spending no time with her at all and then, you know, she's gone about 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, a bit of a funny story with that. I never thought I'd say that line. Um, I was a groomsman in my best mate's wedding, which was the weekend after mum passed. And mum passed at about 1am in the morning on the Saturday. And that Saturday night was my mate's bucks party and I still went out for for the majority of it, which actually... I don't know, it was a very surreal moment. I was sleep deprived and I was having people asking about mum during my mate's box and I'm like, ah, yeah, she's dead. Oh, my God. It, it doesn't feel reasonable, does it? No, no, I was just like, well, Shane is sort of relying on me for this. I don't want to be at home right now. Mm. My um, My partner at the time was out because she was a member of the uh, bridal party. So she was out on the um, oh, hen's night. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, it all just sort of, 
actually don't even really remember the time between August 2015 through to maybe mm. December 2016, mainly because um, I realized I couldn't do this alone, so I jumped onto antidepressants. Okay, yeah. And they just pretty much took me out of the um, equation. I hadn't encountered them before. I didn't know what to expect, and I was put on some really strong ones. And I was also in a uh, fairly toxic relationship which mm. wasn't doing much for me in, with my mental health or you know getting over it all and I'm getting a lot of pressure on that end of it all and yeah. I'm getting increasingly isolated from my friends I'm not knowing how to react to the stimuli around me either due to yeah. the situation I'm in or the medication what, I'm taking. What changed it for you then like when did you kind of I don't know become more kind of aware of your grief and having to kind of hit it head on? I um, it was a multitude of factors. I'll I'll just go to the major ones. I don't want to go too deep into this. I don't know. Just it's a bit boring on my end. I feel like I've told this story a million times, but yeah, I'm here now, so I'll tell it. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I was in a job I didn't like, so I got out of that. So that was one thing. Then I took some time out. Um, I lived off some of the inheritance for a while to um, give myself time. So I did a freelance job, which I rarely did at the same time. So I was just able to um, sort of chill at home, watch Netflix, play PlayStation, do that sort of thing and give myself whatever time I needed away from everyone. Yeah. And then my partner at the time was very possessive and isolated me from a lot of my friends and was in the movements of doing that with, um, sorry, uh, was in the movements of doing that with uh, the friends whose um, Bucks party I'd been to. Wow, and okay. that was kind of like a, hey, uh, you can't do that. You can't interfere with that friendship. Yeah. And then I got a new job, which I'm still at about three and a bit years later which was my first real step in the industry. I'm a copywriter, so that was almost game-changing for me. So that was really good. Yeah, brilliant. I, w- I work in marketing as well. Ah, cool. Yeah, we're in, I'm in SEO, so I'm one of the, um, you know, are you nice. after plumbing near me or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Got to put those keywords yeah, no. in. I do, I do a bit of that as well, yeah. Uh, it's so inelegant. You know, it's <laughs> not entirely what I went to uni for, but if there's a demand for it, I'll do it. Uh, uh, I'm looking at making a change to graphic design, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, exciting. Mm -hmm. I've got to say, I'm an avid um, fan of Canva, which is just heightened by graphic design schools immensely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all that was happening. And then the most dumb thing happened. My AFL, so Australian Rules football team, for the first time in 62 years, won the grand final. It was something we hadn't encountered because wow, okay. we're usually like the loser team and we win the big prize, the flag, the highest prize. <laughs> and you've got all these people going, how the hell did this happen? And I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs like, yes, we did it, we did it, we did it. And then it got me thinking if – they can do that. 
I can get out of this situation I'm in right now. So I started speaking to all my mates again who I'd lost contact with and I um, ended the relationship uh, in December 2016 and I met my current fiancé, only last fiancé, I suppose, about six weeks later on Tinder. Yeah. Oh wow, brilliant! So you just had like a—it's like a turn, like a. Yeah, yeah, it was a—it was a very noticeable turn. And once I was able to get out of that situation, once I was off the antidepressants, once my um, professional and private lives greatly improved, I was able to address everything I'd been ignoring. And luckily, my fiance who is the most patient and kind person and is probably hearing some of this now. So hopefully she, um, you know, store some of this for when she is, for if she gets angry <laughs> at me in the future, I don't hope something. No, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, she was uh, extremely patient and understanding and gave me a lot of the emotional support I just hadn't gotten from other people because they either uh, didn't know how to give it or they... Um, well, it's you know, amazing that, that you were in a place well, where you more could focus on other meet somebody new and kind of appreciate that and accept that rather than being stuck where you were. It's like amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it all happened so fast. Like I've only yeah. been with uh, Kirsty for about two and three quarter years. We've got our three-year anniversary in January. Well, that's more than two You're and three quarters. Soon, right? Yeah, we're getting married in February, so... How exciting. Yeah, yeah, we kind of went backwards. We pretty much moved in straight away. We bought a house last year and, yeah, <laughs> now we're getting married. So how are you feeling about getting married then? Because that's one of the things that I think about a lot is, you know, missing my mum. Mm, mm. It's going to be tough. I I feel like I'm dealing with it now, like you deal with everything else at the time. You just sort of... Oh yeah, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. And then you get to it. It's like, okay, I'm not fine. <laughs> yeah. But for me, the biggest issue was, oh god, in a sick way, I suppose only people who've lost their parents could find this funny. But mum and dad didn't get along. Dad um, really made mum quite anxious and scared because he could be quite uh, direct and belligerent, especially if he had alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I was always like, when I get married, am I, how am I going to do this? Am I going to have to speak to them beforehand and be like, you know, cut, cut the shit? And part of me is relieved. I don't have to worry about it. Worry like, about it. It's been sorted. I can, I, that's something I don't have to worry about on top of everything else. Like, obviously, I'm going to be pretty cut up, cut up that they're not there, but. Yeah. I don't have to worry about dad slipping a comment or mum being too anxious to actually enjoy the <laughs> That's day. That's so funny, though. Yeah, I know, I know. It's so dumb. It was one of the things I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> all the negatives, at least there is a positive. That's it, that's it. You've got to, you've got to be glasses half full, and that's something yeah. I have um, discovered through this uh, journey I've been forced upon. Yeah. Before I was quite a negative sort of guy like oh the world shit no 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 no, no. you know first world problems mm. and um since going through it i'm like no you have to be 
buoyantly optimistic to some degree. Like you can still have your down days, but overall you must be a glass is half full type of person. Otherwise you will not get through it. See, that's so true because I find so many of the people that I know that have lost parents, um, we wouldn't expect them to, but they actually you know, on the outside, they say like you know the happiest, most outgoing people, and I think they are more positive because you've experienced mm-hmm. such like sadness that that you can actually recognise happiness a lot easier. Oh, that's it. You appreciate it so much more than you did before. Yeah, that's it entirely. Um, it's a lot of the uh, you know, oh damn, I missed my train, but it's like, hey, at least I'm not in palliative care or. <laughs> Fighting, fighting for breath. Yeah, oh, that's positive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've actually used that sort of uh, mentality yeah, when trying to help people through things. And they're just like, well, you just went from like zero to 400 very quickly there. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like for you maybe, but for us, that's actually not that big of a statement to make. Because yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. For us, it's like life. Um, it? But at the same time, that does work against you because – you will see people like complaining about very basic things, despite me now realizing that pain and, you know, sadness is relative to the person experiencing it. But, you know, it'll be something like, oh, geez, nobody liked this Facebook post. It's like, <laughs> you're getting seriously? upset on that, are you joking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, if I share a meme and no one laughs at it, I'm like, oh, you guys, this is <laughs> gold. <laughs> Yeah. But I will miss them on the wedding day and a lot of people are aware of it. I'm very close with my aunt who is technically my godmother and didn't oh, think she'd actually need to fulfill that role. So but she's there yeah. now. But she's mum's yeah. young she's mum's younger sister and they were always close and her and my cousins are my age and we all view each other as sort of brothers in a sense yeah yeah i know this feels weird saying that but no, we're very close they live that's close by too like, i am super close um, to my oh right yeah i'm really close to my mum's sister um and i'm super close to my cousins they are more like like my brothers and sisters and their kids are like my nieces and nephews not like you know my second cousins or something like we're really close and i don't think we would have been that close if my mum hadn't have, hadn't have died so I feel like that too, a little. Like I was always close with Vicky, Liam and Lachlan, but being there when mum died or when she was sick, like when she was sick, she was staying at their place because her place was very isolated from a lot of things and I think she just wanted people around, obviously. Um, but no, they were amazing. Uh, it took me – it took – yeah, I had so much going on at the same time. Also, my car was breaking down on top of everything else oh. I was dealing with. <laughs> So it was a stroke. I couldn't get out of third year to go to the hospital on like 70, 80K roads, which was stressful. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I don't know if I made it about me, but I was of the impression because, well, Vicky was dealing with the loss of her sister, so that was a big deal, who she'd just been overseas with. They went to Germany and Poland and stuff on a trip overseas, oh, and mum actually got sick when they were over there. And they thought it was epilepsy related, but it turns out she'd actually had a stroke. Yeah, yeah, that was a couple of months before she, before they found out it was lung cancer. The lung cancer was actually starting to affect parts of her body. Yeah. And the same thing happened with dad. Like they found him out front of his unit 
and he was just sort of like muttering to himself and it's just like pat are you okay and he's just like yeah 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 and then they found out no he's not yeah yeah geez that was real australian understatement there yeah no but vicky and i um we we had a frank discussion and she's like no i've got a lot of respect for you for everything you've been through and the way that you've rebuilt your life after everything yeah which meant a lot because i honestly thought that she was to some degree holding a resentment towards me because i couldn't be there for mum as much as i could mm-hmm. when she was sick no i think but she was just like no you were struggling with everything yeah, yeah. no it's it's hard and you, you never know how you're going to be able to cope in, in that situation. Like, and you always look back and think that you didn't do enough. And I think a, a lot of people do. Yeah, I, I think we really beat ourselves up about it because you know we feel guilty. But um, other people definitely wouldn't see it like that. No way. Yeah, it was just the whole thing was so tiring, especially after what I'd been through with that. It just, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have the strength for the whole thing and I didn't really want to see it you know this person who had struggled through everything in her life to just be cut short so cruelly and before and as selfish as it was just to think this and still think this but to not see all of her sacrifices in raising me pan out because I still hadn't done anything with my degree I still had didn't have full-time work I wasn't I wasn't happy professionally or privately and hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I just keep thinking how she felt to see me like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. I was going to say, like, do you not feel like the whole thing is like, just like sh- it shaped your life entirely? Like every decision that you have made from then to now has probably been shaped by- from that. So, like the job that you're in, the woman that you're going to marry, everything. So, I-, I always think it's mad to think about how different your life probably will have been if that hadn't have happened. I, um, yeah, as, um, you guys, are you guys cool with swearing? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. As, as fucked up as it is to sound, uh, to say, I mean, oh, wow, I screwed that one up. <laughs> um, as, yeah, as, as messed up as it is to say, um, I probably, because I was quite lazy, I probably wouldn't have 
achieve yeah. this potential without the death of my parents. Like it wouldn't have given me the motivation or impetus to actually yeah. achieve, which is horrible because I would have loved to have done that without that. But <laughs> you wouldn't be reaching your like full potential, and you wouldn't be kind of doing as well as you are without that happening to you. So yeah, it's it's completely messed up. It makes no sense how we need something so awful to happen to give us a kick up the arse, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. I I have a greater appreciation for life and how precious it is and how precious it is and how short it is. I mean, neither of my parents made it to sixty and I'm I'm thirty one. You're halfway there. Nearly thirty two. I'm halfway there. Mm. Odds are I'm gonna live a bit longer than that, but I know you've got a you got to look after yourself. So, you know, I, I consult with a dietitian and ex- exercise physiologist now. I get regular health checks. I, mm. I don't waste it. I try to make sure what I do is meaningful and, and if it can be beneficial to others. I'm actually, I've actually become a bit of a nightmare for my dad because um, <laughs> obviously, oh, not, obviously my mum died, but my dad's had cancer yeah. Three times, um, again, uh, after yeah. my mum died, and um, and whenever he's his diet, his diet is terrible, and he doesn't exercise that much, and I'm like, you're gonna have a heart attack, and you're gonna die. Like, you, sh- you shouldn't be so selfish. You should be thinking more about me. And every time he's eating bad food, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I've literally become like a nightmare to live with. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's funny you say that because in between dad dying and mum dying you know we did have that year and a bit where she was fine or quote-unquote fine and that in a way motivated her Mm. to look after herself a bit more now obviously the inevitable happened but I did it's funny you do say that about being selfish because that was one of my first reactions to dad getting sick yeah you know, you denied me a good relationship with you. Yeah. I'm going to have so much unresolved like you had with your dad and he had with his dad. You know, going back to, I suppose, the penal colony days of Australia. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it just, it, like we were mending our relationship, but I had to forgive and get past a lot because I didn't want to leave it unresolved and end up with a drinking problem or a drug problem or something. I'm not saying I would, but with that thing that I just couldn't get over. Yeah. Well, so I acknowledge my dad may be a smart, kind and, you know, generous man in his own way, but he was still an extremely selfish person who chose to live life how he wanted to live it without considering everyone, anyone else in his life. Obviously, you you were searching for something like this, and it's been, you know, quite a few years since your parent died. How come you were like looking for that kind of like grief community type thing now? Like, what what kind of triggered it? I suppose I now have the maturity to to um, acknowledge what I need help with, mm. and I'm not wanting to feel alone with it. Like, you can get, you know. The amount of condolences from people or people going, I'm so sorry to hear that. But that's where it stops. Yeah. And I'm not saying that against anybody who's unable to provide that help. Like, obviously, 
they haven't dealt with this. This is this is a life shaking event that I don't really wish upon anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, they can't understand what it's like. That sort of indescribable emptiness or that desire to continue to achieve so that you know you fulfill your dead parents vision the vision that they had for you in a sense i i don't know do do you sort of feel that no yeah you sort of feel like yeah you want you want to make that person proud right yeah absolutely and obviously i'm going on my own track at the same time but like yeah, yeah, several several times a day, like I'll I'll be just I'll be and this is not in any way a brag, but I'll be sitting in a house that I own, earning more money than my mum ever had, with a car that's paid off, um, yeah, in a house that I own which mum never had. So I've got all I've achieved far beyond what Mm. either of my parents ever did with their lives. And I just still go, would they be proud of me for this? It's like, yeah, you idiot, of course they would be, but. It's it's horrible not not knowing, isn't it? No, yeah, yeah. Like, would they be happy with the way that I live my life now? All signs point to yes, but (laughs) I don't know. It sticks with you so much, um, and that's why, like I mentioned about you know you getting married and stuff before like the big the big milestones because you just want to know what they'd be saying. Yeah, yeah, because I always know Mum had I wouldn't say issues, but she always wanted the best for her son, mm. so she didn't really get along with her with my girlfriends, I should say. <laughs> so I wonder how she would be with uh, Kirsty. I reckon that'd be alright. Yeah, I I I think that now like. I, my current boyfriend at the moment, like my mom, would absolutely love him. I think, and she never really had much of an opinion oh, on yeah. my previous boyfriends. Um, but uh, yeah, like my dad adores him, and I think that's yeah, my aunt as well. So it's it's one of you know, yeah, yeah. It's sort of that lingering. You can go based on what other people say. Like Vicky and my aunt and Kirsty have an extremely close relationship, which I love. Almost closer than me, so that's a little bit annoying, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> and when she was still alive, my grandmother, who I was also very close to, that's mum's mum, she loved Kirsty, mm. loved Kirsty, which, you know, meant a lot. And, you know, grandma got to see me achieve all these things too, which is good. She passed in September 2018, which I was yeah. able to handle a lot better. I suppose because of my experiences. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, it definitely prepares you for, you know, smooth life's bigger yeah, challenges, yeah. doesn't it? Things yeah. kind of feel, I wouldn't say achievable, but, you know, survivable. Yeah, mm. definitely. I love that. It's such a nice thing. So, obviously, after your mum passed away, so then you literally just became like an adult orphan. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I actually had them look up, are you an adult? Are you an orphan if you're an adult? Like, is this something I can claim? I don't want to claim it, but I need to know what I am with this. I think I, I would love to be a part of that's all. That's kind of why we've got that we've got the Dead yeah. Parent Club because it, it's my identity. We say we're part of the DPC. You know, it's it's nice being able to know that you've got a group of people that you can belong. Yeah, to. it really is. Um, I think that sense of community is something that needs to be clearly defined. 
And you need to have a laugh with it too. Because you're going to be grieving privately, you're going to be grieving all over the place. And I suppose you want to feel like it's okay to have levity. Like I've said so many times in this 40 minutes that we've been speaking, you need to get some kind of a respite or a relief from it. You need to, you know, yeah. indulge in the dark humour of humour of it all. You know, yeah. <laughs> the best medicine. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. Like it's a mood <laughs> changer, man. There's a reason why. You know, bog up. <laughs> I'm, get I'm quite by sick though, because so I kind of I love using humour in a way to kind of like make people who haven't lost somebody kind of feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, oh my god, I gotta do that too. Yeah. Jesus, I thought. I thought I was the only one. That's pretty oh, messed up. Trust me, you know I'm I'm awful for it. Like, I if um, it's a few times at lunch, like a girl's been sat opposite me, and and she's been like, oh, like my mum made me my sandwiches this morning. That's so nice of her. And I'd be like, God, all right, showing off. And she'd be like, Oh no, don't say that. That's fine. Like I'm just joking, but people find it so uncomfortable. It's that it's the best thing. Yeah, uh, I'll be like. I'm not bragging, but I've lost both my parents. I can't find them. Can you help me? <laughs> and, uh, and people are just like, Nick, you're pretty messed up. It's just like, I was like this before they died. I'm just like <laughs> rolling with you know, it now. If, if you can't make light of it, then people around you can't, can they? And I think, you know, no, you, you, need you, need, you need to resolve the tension mm. because people know this and they're like, oh, shit, uh, um, I'm sorry. And, you know, people's the view of you changes yeah. I and mean, you can't help it. I do but, I do love that statement, like, oh, I, I've lost my parent. And it's like, <laughs> I can't find them in the supermarket. They've yeah, yeah. Years. <laughs> yeah. No, jeez, you can wordplay. You can have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> yeah, you really can. Um, do you have many people around you that have lost no. a parent or no parents? One. No. no one. No one. I mean, I've known a couple of kids that. at school on that, but we weren't, like, close mm. mates. Um, yeah, no one. Wow. Yeah, so this was completely a uh, foreign territory. I, I'm just, I'm really surprised by that. Um, just because obviously, you know, you're in your 30s and stuff. I think for, for me, the notion of somebody having a friend whose parent has had now has become such a normality mm. that I think, it, like, it m- must be quite hard to find people to talk to about yeah. it. Yeah, it is. I have had my fair share of psychologists and that and grief counsellors and they've been amazing in their own ways but I mean they don't know me they don't know my relationship with mum so it does feel a bit abstract so I kind of had to find my own path for the most of it well actually one of my that's not true one of my grief counsellors was um uh convinced me to break up with my previous partner so that was that well, he was one of the impotent, one of the driving forces. He's just like, <laughs> you don't sound happy. I think you need to leave your partner. It's just like, can, can you? Are you actually allowed to give me that advice? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then my partner picked me up. That was a bit of an awkward trip home. So I'm just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that I need to break up. Yeah. Yeah, how was your session? It was it was fine. It was good. Everything positive. Don't worry, it's fine. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. So, who did you kind of rely on then for kind of comfort about it? Was it mostly like your auntie? No, actually, we I 
it was kind of in that stage directly after mum died and I didn't I didn't really we did we both to some degree didn't know how to approach each other which was a bit tough and I I kind of just sort of floated through it and I went to the internet whenever I could I um from what I do remember, because a lot of it was a bit of a blur, I just, I, um, I don't know, I just kept moving. What is it? Keep calm and carry on. I just, I just kept going. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did have a couple of blow ups with my uh, partner at the time, though, because she was extremely focused on us getting married. Which wow, yeah. I was getting less and less interested in. Which makes me sound like a right roll prick, but I don't know, it wasn't the best the best yeah, relationship. Um and I distinctly remember maybe November, December twenty fifteen. We're getting ready to go somewhere and she's talking about the wedding and we're 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 in in her room and she says something like you haven't been very interested in a wedding lately you know and i just kind of looked at her and i got quite vocal at that point usually i'm pretty meek and easy going but i'm like both my bloody parents are dead what do you want (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah, but I mean, I, did, I I don't think she knew how to react to the whole thing either. Like, I'm not entirely blaming her with a lot of, with not being able to provide me the support I needed. It's just I needed that support, and it wasn't. It can be there. really hard as well to like look into the future and imagine yourself. Yes, and yeah. I, I kind of felt trapped by it to begin with, especially with no brothers or sisters. And then at the same time, I, I suppose I didn't want to be a burden on people with it because yeah. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, You, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that, that say that, like, you know, I, I didn't really talk to anybody about it because I didn't want to be a burden. And I think that's just, it's mm. so sad. No, it's, it's toxic. Was it there just a- stays with you and it just festers and accumulates and you just keep replaying the bad memories and... But then I started talking about mum mm. and my experiences with her, and then I found out other people had stories about good engagement, good yeah. engagements with mum, and it just sort of it helped bring in some light. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. I love talking to people about my mum and hearing their memories because, like, you're in memories. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Like, I feel like I feel like I get further and further away from it every day like Mm. is so when i'm 40 will my memory of my mom be as accurate as it was that's a horrible thought and one of the things that i say to people the most is like keep on talking about them as if they were still alive because you would be talking about them anyway if they were so like that is like the most important thing to do Mm. i um i'm like telling yeah yeah, yeah. I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm beginning to forget what my dad sounded mm. like. And I'm remembering mum's laugh and I sort of 
I would recognize her voice when I heard it, but despite having near constant contact with her for 30, nearly 30 years, yeah, you know, that, that's going too. Yeah. It's scary how quickly It really happens. is. It really is. And it's good to know that it's, again, it's not just, you know, an isolated thing. It's just something that happens. It all mismatches. Well, it's it that thing again, isn't part it? Part of like the process. You, you know? To you, it feels like time has stood still, but um, yeah, just, like, yeah. spinning around and everything, everything you and you just have to kind of like pick back up again and put yourself back on the merry-go-round. Oh god, that was the hardest thing. You know, it's just like okay, I've had a week. I need to keep going, otherwise I'm going to lose my job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. What what was the most like helpful or valuable thing that somebody did or said to you then over those years or even like more recently? It was... Yeah, it was definitely recent. It was having that talk with my aunt because my partner had actually, well, no, not my partner. Her son had actually kind of taken her aside because um, Vicky would, Vicky tells stories about mum and I love hearing them. I really do. But she tends to tell stories that I wasn't there for. And, I mean, it wasn't noticeably, like, getting me down or affecting me or whatever, but her son took her aside and said, Mum, you've got to stop telling – we call it the kebab story because there are kebabs involved in it. I don't know. Um, it was when she was sick. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and she's like, you've got to stop telling the kebab story around Nick. And and Vicky was like, why, why? It's, um, it's a funny story. It's a good story. And he's like, yeah, but – Nick wasn't there for And I think something clicked mm. with her then and she came to me and she had a chat with me and she's just like, it's, it's been really hard and I don't want you to think that, you know, I don't respect you or anything or whatever. I have a lot of respect and I reckon you did as much as you could have with your mum being as she, as she was. And Aww. it meant a lot to have that sort of level of closure. That was the last thing, I suppose. Like, it can be enough yeah. to have someone show how they're feeling with their actions towards you, but you just need to hear it. And that yeah. did a lot to... Um, yeah, I agree. Not sure I'm kind of tearing up talking about it, but it did a lot to um, alleviate any of that lingering guilt I was feeling surrounding that. Yeah, it was good to get that closure, man. That's something oh, people that's lovely, don't yeah. Get. A lot of people think that someone close to you dies you grieve up until the funeral and then you move yeah, on yeah this has actually been attributed to Keanu Reeves I don't know how accurate this is but it's something and I'm pretty sure it's not Keanu Reeves who said it and I'm just remembering it incorrectly because of the internet but um they or he said uh grief never goes away it just changes shape like it just you yeah, alter it to that. fit your life, but whether directly or indirectly, you carry it around with you and it helps. Well, I wouldn't say helps, but it influences how you live your life, all the decisions that you make, the interactions that you have, yeah. the time that you choose to spend with people. Yeah. I mean, I'm grateful for it, but at the same time, I hate being reminded of my own mortality. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my boyfriend's got this thing where he's like, I want to live forever. Like, I want to see what happens when everything ends. And I'm like, I always say to him, like, you wouldn't be saying that if everybody around you started dying. You yeah, no, nah, um, at this point, <laughs> I don't want to live forever because half our country is on fire at the moment and our prime minister has yeah, actually buggered off yeah. to Hawaii for a holiday. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Good Oh, uh, yeah, and he's an advocate for uh, coal. But no, 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 I'm showing my lefty roots. I will keep them to myself. I have my oh. own opinions about what's going on in the UK right now, but again, I will keep them to myself. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't even. I can't, I yeah. can't cope. <laughs> I've, got a, I've oh. got a couple of Scottish oh. mates, and they're very excited right now. Oh really? Yeah, they're they're pushing for independence. Yeah, well, I can't blame them to be honest. It's not shambles. Yeah. Oh man, what happened? What happened to the world? I thought Trump was bad enough, but we're just not learning. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, but our prime minister is just another version of Donald Trump. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I am sorry in advance for all the listeners you may lose due to my due to me making this political. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> um, well, obviously, going on from that question, like, do you think it's completely changed whether you go about your life and your attitude towards it then? Yeah, absolutely. I seize every opportunity that's available to me. Every opportunity. Um, my partner and I just came back from an overseas trip, actually. We went to South oh, Africa, wow. Egypt and Jordan for about three weeks, which was amazing. Yeah, I got to tick off a bucket list item by going to the pyramids. Wedding yeah. honeymoon. Sort of. We're going to uh, Uluru in Australia for our um, mini moon, we're calling it. And then we've got oh, okay. a friend's wedding at the end of the year where we're going to Mexico. Oh, wow, so that'll be cool. Ah, nice. Awesome. Yeah, well, we're going to, um, we'll definitely be going to Oaxaca, I think it is. Yeah, I'm not sure how you say it. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Wow, nice. But yeah, no, it'll be good. But, yeah, like, mum was a huge proponent for travel and seeing the world. And dad couldn't really because he had a couple of, um, you know, charges against him. So he couldn't – there were a few countries he couldn't go to, so he just didn't bother with it. But, no, um, yeah, yeah, mum would be beside herself. She's like, you're going to Egypt? You know, the Australian <laughs> government says reconsider your need for travel. It's just like, yeah, I'm going. I'll, I'll see you later. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. Um, and you know we um, we uh, cage dived with great white sharks last year, which is something wow. I'd always wanted to do. So that was amazing. But again, it's just like you don't say one day anymore. You book that stuff. You put the down payments on it. You're like, I will make time for this because life is precious. Life is short. I want to. I want to get as many kilometers under my belt as possible. I want to. I want to experience foreign cultures. I want to, I want to see things that people don't. I want to appreciate them, and Live. I will appreciate them because of everything yeah. I've been through. Yeah. And I think a hundred percent. I love that for that. You you appreciate you do appreciate it so much more. And like you kind of stop and you look at stuff now that you wouldn't have done before because before life was just life and it was so busy and you just kept going. But now I think you can take the time to stop and, and appreciate. Oh yeah, it. I mean life's. The busiest it's yeah, ever been for me. Away oh, and all that. God, I th it's already done. Like we've, we've, I think we've paid off everything. <laughs> My fiance is an organisational <laughs> wizard. 
which is good because I'm kind of lazy, so it helps make me a better person. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, you spoke before about like different levels of grief mm. and stuff. Like, how do you how do you see that then? Like, what's that been like for you? I feel like the grief has gotten more pronounced the further away from the event because the death, I mean, because I've had time to process it. The shock's gone to some measure, despite all the globe trotting. I am living a regular life. I'm living a normal life. I've got the house. I've got the job. I, I have the commute. I get caught in traffic and trains, all this sort of stuff. I catch up with friends, family, go out for dinner, don't go out for dinner, go to the movies. My life is, this is the new normal for me, but it's the normal. And that gives you time. So it's just sort of, that gives you free time. So you have that time in your head to wonder about things, to wonder what could have been, to wonder what, mm. oh, your parents think. Like, like I do this thing, I'm not sure if it's something only I do, but... I do this thing where I imagine like mum or dad, whoever I'm thinking of at the time, sees my life through my eyes and they're sort of learning all these details about my life based on what's in my house or the way that I walk or whatever messed up podcast I'm listening to or music I listen to or what I'm doing for a job and like how they're experiencing it through my eyes. And that's that's sort of like a cheap way I get around feeling sad about it, I suppose, because it makes them feel like I'm not I'm not very spiritual at all, but it does to some degree on my terms make me feel like they're with me on this journey yeah. that I'm taking in life. I love that that like rather than looking down on you and seeing what you're doing they're kind of like they're looking at your life through you and that's really cool it's a cool way of thinking about yeah it. i've no idea why i started doing it i just i was just looking in the mirror one it's day cool. and i'm like well my dad wouldn't recognize me because i'm now bald and have facial hair and i didn't have either of those things so <laughs> i'm a man yeah, yeah i'm a man <laughs> i don't know i'm definitely not but i'm a I'm a 17-year-old inhabiting yeah. a 32-year-old's body. I bet, that's, it, that's I bet it never it, stops feeling like that. It never does. It's like I'm at the pub or something and I get a beer and I'm like, how do I not get ID checked? And it's like, oh, yeah, I look old as hell. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm bald. Yeah, yeah. But that was, that was kind of like the funny thing about going bald, a bit of a segue. I thought it would make me hideous and all this because I had – you know, I was my hair was already thinning out, but then I shaved my hair and I'm like, huh, this isn't too bad. And every kind of major long-term relationship I've been in has been since I've been born. Yeah, it's just like, okay, that, that's well, funny, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably didn't. You probably didn't need that segue. It's just like I suppose it was one of those things was sort of happening at the same time as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> extra bonus. Yeah, extra bonus. Completely non. Dead parent away. You can completely delete that. Choose means non sequitur. But no. Um, but yeah, that's sort of how I approach it. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I 
trying well, to keep my parents I, I do close. as well. Like, there are certain things that kind of remind me of my mum and I feel close to her. And that's like when I'm out walking, when I see a rainbow or a sunset, um, or when it's just like quiet, mm. like that's why I kind of feel closest to my mum. So it's, you know, it's, we've all got our own kind of individual ways of having that connection. Yeah. Really, I think we all know. Yeah. And then you see those reminders and because you know, you don't see a rainbow every day. When you do no. see it, you can put that importance on it and you find yourself just smiling the rest of the day because it's just yeah. that little reminder. Like mum was, mum loved pelicans, the bird. Oh, so, cute. Like you do see them because we're only about, I don't know, about 10 Ks away from the bay where we are. So the water, oh, okay. um, so you do see them occasionally where I live, but when we're down um, by the bay, we'll see them. And that reminds me of mum or hearing a magpie. They've got a really, I don't know if you know, but the magpie in Australia has a really distinct call. And oh, I didn't if you that. hear it, you immediately know what it is like. And it makes me think about feeding the magpies on our front porch when I was young <laughs> with uh, mum. So. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's the little things. I don't know what reminds me about that. Maybe fishing. Did, did he you liked fishing. Did you like, yeah, yeah, I was terrible at it. I was, he, got, he always used to get really annoyed with me. I'm like, oh, I hate this. That's why. <laughs> My my boyfriend, whenever we're out anywhere and he sees a lake, he's like, I always hit, I always say, oh, I'd love to fish that lake. Like we were in, <laughs> we were in Lake Bourne, and all I heard for like the whole holiday, for like the four days, anytime we were near the lake, was like, oh, I just really want to fish that lake. And I was like, oh, <laughs> go fishing. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah. it's obviously been an hour now. Time goes by so fast. Is there anything else that you wanted to speak about? Ah. <sighs> Not really. I, um, no. no. I feel. I feel like we've touched on everything, and and then more. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we just have. Like, I was going to say, sorry. like, we, we always kind of like finish with like um, a question at the end where we ask, you know, if somebody else was in a similar position to you right now, or was going to be in a similar position to you, what would you say? You can get through this. It feels insurmountable it feels it feels just like you're not going to get through it but you will it will um it'll take a lot out of you but once you're past it once you've gotten through the worst of it you will gain so much just renewed appreciation and value for everything and that is a gift that you can't get anywhere else. Also, don't don't feel like you have to grieve. Grieve mm. as you choose. Grieve as you can. Grieve when it comes up. But don't feel like you have to carry it I around like a burden Super for the benefit of others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like they're the most valuable lessons I've gotten Amazing. through all of this. Literally, Nick, thank you so, so yeah. much for coming on to speak to me. I 
Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me an hour to uh, talk about myself. That has really, uh, you know, sated the narcissist within me. So thank you. <laughs> it's the best thing, isn't uh, it? Sometimes, sometimes you need it. My, my fiance's heard all my stories yeah. before, so, yeah. I should also follow up. I don't know how relevant this is, but I'm actually a cancer survivor myself. So, wow, yeah. what have you? I don't know. It's talking about everything else. Like, we're focusing on my parents, but yeah, when I was uh, 17 in the middle of year 12, uh, so final year of high school, I the doctors, I went to a doctor that wasn't my regular doctor and she mm. immediately noticed a large lump on my neck. And so I had a couple follow-ups and it turns out I had a growth on my right thyroid gland. Now, I didn't even know what thyroids were, so I'm like, um, all right, fine. And next thing I know, they're fast-tracking me for... Um, you know, surgery because this is not the United States and mm-hmm. our taxes pay for our healthcare system, which is nice. And uh, yeah. again, being political. And so yeah, they that. removed it. They still didn't know what it was, even after a lot of tests that I had. But then mm-hmm. after they removed it, they said, look, it was cancerous, where it's, you're extremely lucky we got this as early as we did. Wow. So then they, oh yeah, yeah. Then they removed the other half of my thyroid. Because the radiation therapy I was about to go on, go through would have killed it anyway. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was in 2017. Oh. I mean, cancer-free completely to the point where they caught it early enough they don't actually have to test for it because it didn't spread anywhere. So, yeah. And that was, it was kind of weird, you know, having my own experience with cancer and then seeing how it could have gone with my parents, I suppose. You must feel like so lucky. Yeah, that yeah. sounds strange to say, but like, no, wow. no, definitely. Oh, I, I feel like I should be doing. You so- have lived a lot of life. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I should be doing something, something more meaningful with my life. And whenever you know, someone like Greta Thunberg comes around, I'm like, oh, damn it, she's seventeen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's, that's kind of like what I'm doing with this podcast, to be yeah. fair. I'm finding something meaningful to do with my life. And even if it doesn't reach the hundreds of thousands, it is reaching a few thousand, which I think, you know, is, it's, it's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm you know, yeah. re- really blessed. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um, it's um reaching the right people. I think it's, yeah, exactly. it's reaching that niche of the people who need it the most, which is, which, <laughs> I I mean, think, well, which I think is important. <laughs> It's a pretty niche topic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, at the same time, if you get people who, I wouldn't say have a morbid curiosity, but their parents, uh, they're dealing with their parents' own mortality and they stumble across Mm -hmm. this podcast and it gives them something to take away from it, then Well, I I do know of a few people who... You listen know. to the podcast to have an idea of how to help their mm. friends who have lost parents so that, that's a pretty cool thing to do yeah as well, absolutely so. i mean this is something that people don't tend to talk about until it happens yeah. and we're woefully unprepared for it 
So to have a resource like this so readily available is a positive, is immensely a positive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so of much. course. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you um, giving me the call. So that concludes this week's episode of the Dare Pray Uncle podcast. Thank you, Nick, for coming on and telling your story. Please do reach out on social media and let us know what you thought. You can also catch up with Nick there as well. I can send you his details. Um, you can find the podcast on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at Dead Parent Club, and online at dpcpodcast.co.uk. Or drop us an email. All of our details are on there as well. And you can find all of that information in the show notes. Also, if you really want us to use this platform to talk about something in particular that you've experienced, then reach out and let me know whether you want to come onto the podcast to, to talk about it yourself or you just want me to have a discussion about it. I love to hear your feedback. I so hope that you found some comfort in this podcast and something that you resonate with and just something that makes you know that you're a little bit less alone in your experience and in your journey of young adult grief. Thank you so much, everybody. I hope you have a lovely week and I look forward to recording our next episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.